Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Revo Church, welcome. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, We are starting a brand new series today called Body Parts, and I'm going to be honest with you. There has never been a series that has been this easy or possibly uncomfortable to invite other people to. Walk up to somebody and say, listen, we're talking about different body parts at my church. I'd love for you to come on Sunday and talk about it with us. It's a great way to invite somebody to church, so thanks for coming out and hanging out with us as we kick off this series. Um, Scripture actually says that the church is a body, and that the individuals that make up the body are referred to as body parts, and when all the parts are working together, then it's a, it's a very powerful thing. So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks, but I want to, I want to uh, tell you a story about this guy right quick. His name is uh, All Kurt Christensen. Maybe you've heard of his name before, All Kurt Christensen, but he lived in Denmark in the 1920s, and he was a uh, furniture builder, so he built furniture out of, out of wood. And uh, at, a, at a young age, uh, after he had been married, he and his wife had four sons, and his wife suddenly died, leaving him as a, as a very young father to raise these four kids that he has this business. And so, well, the Great Depression hit uh, after his wife died, and uh, furniture became a, uh, a thing that no one was buying anymore. No one could afford it. And so he switched from making wooden furniture to making wooden toys because he realized that even during a depression, parents would sacrifice in order to help their kids out and provide a toy uh, for them uh, as, a, as just a gift for them. So he switched to toys, and, uh, but eventually, um, in 1942, his toy factory, this wooden toy factory, burned down, burned to the ground. He had to lay off the majority of his employees that had been working for him for a long time. Uh, now their families were in a tough spot. Uh, on top of that, World War II began and wood becomes something that is outrageously priced, and so he can't even make his toys out of wood anymore. And at the time, there was this new thing that was being introduced, this new substance called plastic. And uh, so um, Alkirk Christensen took a risk, and he bought a mold injector of plastic to bring to his toy shop, and he wanted to see if he could make a run at it. He couldn't get wood anymore. Like, his life was crazy up until this point. Like, he risked it all on this injectable molding machine, and in 1947... After trying some experiments with some new toys, he came up with a brand new toy, and he called it Lego. This guy uh, made this toy, uh, and now Lego is in the top 50 brands in the world. We all know what Lego is. We probably grew up playing with Legos. You probably have some Legos in your house right now. If you have kids or grandkids, this isn't foreign to anyone. They even made a movie called The Lego Movie, and uh, if you haven't seen it, you need to. It was, it was awesome. Everything is awesome in that movie. Uh, so you really do need to check it out, but it's, it's uh, interesting uh, all Kurt Christensen was a follower of Jesus, 
Um, he loved Jesus, uh, committed his life to Jesus at a very young age, and he said, here's, here's what got me through all of those things. My wife dying, leaving me with four sons, my furniture business going under, me having to make toys, wood being out of control, uh, World War II happening, my factory burning down. Now I'm taking a huge risk on this multiple injection plastic machine. And he says, here's the thing that got me through all that. I have a relationship with Jesus, number one. And number two, I was involved in a local church. My involvement in a local church, having community, knowing people, being able to be a part of something bigger. He said that's ultimately what got me through everything that I was going through. It's interesting, uh, Legos are, are made to connect. Um, they're each made with a, a top and a bottom, and they don't sell Legos by the individual. They come in a box, and they're actually made to go together. Uh, all different shapes, all different sizes. The, the purpose of these blocks is to connect, that more Legos together are better than just one single Lego apart. You and I have a lot more in common with Legos than you may think, because this is actually how God has designed the church. The church has many individual parts, just like these Legos, but the Legos and the church was designed to connect to one another. We were designed to connect first and foremost to God, but we were also designed to connect to one another. Right? It's just, that's just the purpose of it. That's the way God designed it. That's, that's why even in Scripture, the church is often referred to as the body of Christ and individuals are referred to as parts of this bigger body. So just like a group of Legos connects together, they're designed and built in order to be better together, it's just the same thing with you and I as a part of the local church. And one of the most uh, famous passages of Scripture about this church being a body and all of us being parts of the body is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bible, uh, you can flip to that or you can open up your app and the words will be on the screen as well. But here's what the Apostle Paul writes to this church in Corinth about what it means to be both a part and an individual person, but also being a part of a bigger body, which is the church. Here's, here's verse 12 uh, through 14. He says, The human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So you got a little uh, lower level anatomy lesson, right? All of our bodies made up of different parts. You put all those parts together and it makes up our whole body. And he says, so it is with the church, the body of Christ. 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. So verse 12 and 14 really address the individual nature of you and I, of the, the human race. Like everyone in here is different. You look different. You have different skills. You have different gifts. You have different talents and abilities. You smell different. Like just, just like you come from different backgrounds. You have a different past. You have a different story. Everyone in here is different. And so there's this individual nature of the church. There's one big part that is made up of many smaller parts. But, but verse 13 is a huge statement for us. Verse 13 is a unifier. It says, regardless of how different we are, 
Regardless of how much money you have, regardless of what job you have, regardless of what side of town you, you grew up in or what side of town you live in now, he even goes as to say is something very, very staunch different. He says, regardless if you are free or you're a slave. Now you talk about having a totally different background growing up in that setting, free versus a slave. He says, there, there can be a lot of different things about us, but here's the thing that we have to remember as the church, as followers of Jesus. Regardless of who you are and where you come from, we all have the same goal. We're working towards the same mission. We have the same vision. We follow the same guidelines. We are all on the same path. And if you're a follower of Jesus and a part of a local church, we're all moving in the same direction. That's incredibly important for us to realize. We, we, we are individuals, right? We have our own passions and desires and thoughts and, 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 and pushes and directions in our life. But when we come together as the body, we are now unified and moving in the same direction that Jesus has called us to. That's so important for a group of people that are so many different parts to understand because think about it. The body cannot function if all of the parts are not moving in the same direction. If all of us as a part of the church, followers of Jesus in this local setting, if we are not all about the same mission and the same vision that Jesus has given every church in Acts 1-8 in the Great Commission, then we can't function. We, we won't make it. Think about it in the form of your physical body. Uh, imagine one day like one of your body parts decides to go rogue, right? Your stomach looks at your mouth. Well, he doesn't look. He talks, gurgles, whatever. He gurgles to your mouth and says, hey, look, I'm hungry. We need to eat. And the mouth's like, yep, you're right. And the mouth looks down at the hand and says, hand, you see that bag of popcorn over there? I need for you to reach into that bag of popcorn, and I need for you to put that popcorn inside the mouth because me and the stomach are hungry. Now, what if the hand looked at the, the mouth and the stomach and said, you know what? I don't really like popcorn because here's the deal. It's hot. When you open up the bag, my, my hands always get burned by that steam. And then when I put my hands in there, it's buttery. I hate my fingers getting greasy. You don't understand that. You're not a hand. You don't know what it feels like to be greasy. And then I get salt on it, and then the mouth wants to lick me. And that's just weird, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't think that I am going to pick up this popcorn. And the mouth's like, no, 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 you don't understand. We are hungry. We need food. That popcorn is right there. You need to work for me. And the hand says, well, listen, you may want to talk to the foot and try to put a fork in between your big toe and your, and your second toe or something because I'm not putting my hand in that popcorn bag. What if your body didn't work together? What if each part had their own idea? What if you looked in the mirror one day and you were like, whoa, I need to exercise some. Like, this is out of control. I need to slim down a little bit. And your body says, all right, well, we're going for a run. And your legs looked up and said, oh, no, we're not. Like, listen, I know what happens anytime I run. I'm the one that hurts, and I burn all over. You need to understand something, body. You are not going to punish the legs for something that the mouth did. If the mouth didn't eat so much, we wouldn't need to run now, would we? So you need to figure out how to let the mouth run because the legs aren't going to run. I don't feel like burning today. I don't feel like getting hurt today. I don't feel like waking up in the morning and being all sore all over. If the body is not moving all in the same direction and, and the parts aren't working together, as a whole, you won't get anything done. You, you won't be able to walk. You won't be able to talk. You, you can't listen. You can't think. You can't do any task. And so Paul says, here's the thing, as the body of Christ, as members of the local church, if we're not all moving in the same direction, then there's, there's no way we can be unified around a purpose. There's no way that we can accomplish what God has called us to if we are not all working as many parts into one body. Without a unified goal, the body doesn't work. 
without a purpose, without a vision, without a mission, without everything moving in the same direction, the individuals are made up of a whole body and they have to work together in order for this thing to work. So when God calls the church together, he knows that it is filled with individuals, parts, passions, giftings, skill sets. But he also realized all of those things have to work together if we're going to accomplish the mission that God has entrusted us with. Don't forget that all of us are individual pieces, but we were designed to connect to God and connect to others so that we could make something so much more significant together than we could apart. That's the way God designed it. That's the way that the body works. He continues in, uh, in verse 15, in, uh, 15 and 16 of chapter 12. He says, If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that not make it any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, I am not of the party, not a part of the body because I am an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body either? So Paul begins to realize something that is going on in the church. They were Christians, people that claimed to be followers of Jesus, that were a part of the church, that were attending, that would call themselves followers of Jesus and were connected with the local church. But here's what he saw. There were people that were sitting on the sidelines. There were people that had giftings and they had talents and they had abilities that were given to them by God. But as Paul looks at this church in Corinth, he says, wait a minute, I see a lot of really gifted, really talented, really equipped parts of the body that aren't working. They're not a part of the big body. They're just individual pieces that are here and there and sitting on the sidelines and maybe, maybe not doing anything. So what is the breakdown? What's happening in the church? Because we're all individual parts that make up one body, right? We're all moving in the same direction. So why would an individual part of the body not want to be a part of the body? And Paul begins to address it even in these few verses. He says, this is why I believe some people do not get connected to the incredible mission and the incredibly significant uh, vision of the church. They, they go to church, but they're not being the church. Do you understand the difference between that? Like They attend, but they never connect. They're spiritual consumers where God has actually called his followers to be spiritual contributors. We're going to talk about being a spiritual contributor in a few weeks together as we talk about the body together. But, but here's what he notes. Sometimes people will sit on the sidelines. They won't get connected. They will not get involved because there's this feeling of uselessness. People will look back and say, nobody wants me. <laughs> I, nobody can use my gift. I don't have some superstar ability. I can't play an instrument, so I can't, I can't do it. I can't preach, so like I, I, I know they, they won't miss me. If I don't show up, it won't be a big deal. If I don't do my part, then nobody will notice. If I just sit down and don't contribute, if I'm just a consumer instead of someone that gets connected and helps move the body forward, then nobody's going to care. No one's going to know. No one's going to miss me. I'm just really not that big of a deal. Like, I, I'm, I know that I've, I'm here, but, but I, I, I get it. One of the reasons why I'm not connected is because I, I, just, don't, I just don't know I'd be much help. I don't, I don't know if there's really a use for me. I won't be missed, and it won't matter if I do my part. Some people believe that. Some people attend a church gathering weekly in a local setting, and they're sitting on the sidelines because they believe, I just, like, I'm just not that big of a deal. I don't have anything to offer you, and so because I'm unimportant and insignificant, I can sit on the sidelines, and it's not going to hurt anybody. 
And so Paul uses the analogy of the foot talking to the hand in this passage. If the foot says to the hand, like what, what, what if the foot just said, man, man, I wish I was the hand. <laughs> Is the hand not so cool? Look at those high fives. I don't get to give any high fives. The hand, the hand gets to steer the car. Why don't they ever let me, the foot, steer the car? Why don't they ever do it? What, ha- what is that thing when the hand gets really angry and it puts one of its fingers up? I don't know what that is, but it sounds really cool. It looks cool. I wish I could do that. But I can't do that because I'm the foot. I'm the stinky foot. Like, I'm the, I'm the part that is covered up in the sock all day. Like, I'm the part that nobody wants to touch. I'm the part that if you walk all day, I'm the part that hurts. Like, I'm the part that, that just burdens everybody. I am the bearer of the bunions. No one wants to be the foot. Why do I have to be the foot, God? Like, why can't I be the hand? Why can't I be something more significant? Why, why, why can I not be higher? Why can I not be just, just more important in this grand scheme? God, I'm the foot, which means that no one wants me. No one would notice me. In fact, it would probably be better if they just kept the sock on me and no one even knew that I was there so that, that, so that I'm not some inconvenience. I'm not the hand. God, I wish I was the hand, but I'm not. I'm the foot. And people begin to give that, that reason. If I'm not this, then that means I'm not important. If I don't have this skill set, then that means there's no place for me to fit in. If I can't do this and fill these roles, then God must not want to use me. And Paul immediately refutes that in in these verses in 15 and 16. He says, that doesn't make you any less important. Just because you're the foot, just because you're not the mouth, or you're not the eyes, or you're not the hands, that doesn't make you any less important. You are still a part of the body. You've still been given a role. You still have a purpose that God has placed you here for a reason in his timing in order to work together with the body that he's assembled here. So there are people sitting in here today and listening online thinking, they don't need me. They couldn't use me. It's no big deal that I'm not connected. But what you don't realize is that even though you may be a small part, or even though you may be a little bit skinnier part, or maybe you're not the biggest part in the whole puzzle, we can't put this together without you. Like God has a plan to use you in this local setting if you call Revo Church your home, and by sitting out, you can't complete what God's trying to do. And so don't think you're insignificant because you're not on the top, you're on the bottom. Don't think that because you're not the hand or you're not the eye or the ear or the foot that it's no big deal that God can't use you. Like, Do you see the pattern that I'm trying to get to here? Like what God has given you and what he's equipped you with, your giftings, your talents, your abilities, they were given to you on purpose. They were given to you like God didn't make a mistake on that one. In fact, he, he goes on in verse, in verse 17, he explains why you have been given the gifts that you've been given. He said, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, then how would you smell anything? Like, we are different by design. Everybody in here has a different set. Like, we don't need a church full of eyes. Then how would we hear? Like, we don't need a church full of musicians because everybody would be on stage and there would be nobody out here learning. There'd be nobody out here worshiping. We don't need just people that can come up and speak because how are the lights going to get hooked up? Who's going to turn the sound on? Who's going to set up all this equipment? Who's going to make sure a chair is there waiting for you when you get in? If all of us had the same gifts, you would walk in here and you'd be standing up right now. If all of us had the same gifts, then you would walk in here and I would have to be yelling the whole time because the person that is gifted to run the sound and set up all the equipment wouldn't be here. 
because they would be jealous because they don't have the speaking gift or they don't have the music gift or they don't have like the personality gift to work on guest services. Here's the deal. We were create like diversity is a huge deal in the body of Christ. Every person has a different role, a different job, a different purpose. You are not an accident. You're, you're not given like a throwaway, like, like God just didn't have a bunch of like feet left over and he's like here just make all these people that are left at her feet i'm tired of assigning roles like that's not how it is god has you here for a reason for a purpose in this setting with the gifts and the abilities and the talents that you have because he's trying to build something that is better together paul said man just refute that idea that you are useless that you are not needed that you don't have a job that you're upset that you weren't created exactly like someone else again i hope that you see how important you are i hope that you see that you are a part of something bigger and grander that god has planned to take many individuals together and then use them as one to do something better together here's verse 18 he continues with the story he says, but our, our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. That's the money verse right there. Our body has many parts, and God has placed each part exactly where he wants it. Do you know what that means? You're not an accident. That means you didn't walk in here accidentally. That means when you decided to be a part of Revo Church, it wasn't just some fluke. God had you here through a a sovereign, supernatural way. God gathers people together in the local church with different gifts, different talents, different abilities because he knows, I need you to accomplish my mission. I need you. Not like you and somebody else. Not like you with somebody else's gifts. I need you with your your faults and all. Like I need you with with exactly your skill set, your personality, your mentality, your giftings, your passions. I created you that way. I did not make a mistake. It didn't slip up on me. I did it for a purpose because you are part of the body. God didn't make a mistake when he gave you what he gave you. He has you here at exactly the right time, exactly with the right group of people, in the exact setting, with the exact correct gifts and talents that he's entrusted you with and he's asking us today would you be a part of something that I'm trying to build would you take your single effort your single set of skills and would you join it and be better together would you take your individual body part and join in with the body of Christ so that more people can know Jesus that's the purpose right We work together so that more people can know Jesus. We use our skills and our abilities and our talents, mesh them all together in the body of Christ so that we can accomplish the mission and the vision that he's called us to do. Without you, we can't do it. Without what God has given you, like we need you. The local church needs what God has given you in order to accomplish what he's called us to do. Yes, God has given us a vision. He's given us an idea of what ministry looks like in our setting. But he also knows that there are people that he brings in the doors every week. There are things that he does working behind the scenes to ordain these times where we get to be together. Where he says, hey, you know why I created you? It's for this. You know why I gave you that what you think is a weird skill set? It's for this. It's to be a part of something that is so much bigger than yourself. So will you join the team? Will you be a part of the bigger body? 19 and 20 said, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, 
but only one body. Many individuals that make up one body. A very diverse group of people coming together with different personalities, different abilities coming together in order to work together for the glory and for the mission of God. These two verses explain why you cannot go to Walmart and buy a box of just yellow rectangle Legos. They don't sell big bags of yellow Lego heads at Walmart, just heads, right? That's not the way it's designed. Like Legos weren't designed to have a box full of people that are all the same shape, all the same color, all the same size. What can you build with that? A big rectangle. But here's what happens when they put a big rectangle with a skinny blue piece and a little red piece and a, a little two-thing green piece right here and then this medium-sized yellow piece. They put that all together and they slap a picture on the front of the box and says, when all of these things come together, these seemingly insignificant single items, here's a big picture of what it makes. Here's, here's what we're going for. Every single Lego is different. Here's another cool thing about Legos. Each Lego has a, a hole in the bottom of it because it's designed to connect to other Legos. This guy never designed these toys to just sit on their own. He designed it in a way where you could not only connect Legos underneath it, where you and I connect with other people, but there's also a spot on top where you and I connect with God. We were made to connect. We were made for something bigger than ourselves. We were made for more than just to stand alone with our own abilities and, and, and persona. We were made to be connected. And he says when the body understands that, when many parts come together and unify, that's when the mission is accomplished. That's when the purpose can be realized. That's when you can make a dent in this mission that God has given us. When many people come together and are connected and moving in the right direction. Individually, we are simply a small part of a larger design that God has given us. That's what Paul's trying to teach this church. Don't, don't sit on the sidelines because that means you're saying that God messed up or that, that there's no place for you here or that your passions are weird and nobody would want to use them, that you're useless. No, Paul says you're here for a reason. And your reason is to connect on those two levels. Here's the last two verses in verse 26 and in verse 27. He says, if, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. When I was in school, I had a love-hate relationship with group projects, Right? Uh, you guys know what group projects are. It's when a group of people get together and you don't get individual grades for what you do. The entire group is given a grade for what the group does. Uh, now, the reason why I really liked it is uh, because there was always a position in the group as presenter, right? They always have some guy that has to present the information in front of the class or for the teacher. Now, the majority of people in the world are scared of public speaking. They don't like to get up in front of crowds. And so I was always the guy that would say, hey, I'll stand up in front of the teacher. Like Nobody else wants to do it. They're sweating it out. They're like, who's going to be the presenter? Who's going to stand up? Like It's all up to them. You're going to have to do it. And I was just like, all right, here's, what, here's the deal. I'll do it. I'll be the presenter. But since nobody else wants to do it, I'm going to do it. But listen, here's the deal. You guys are going to have to do all the work. You guys meet. You guys get the information together. Meet during the week. Don't call me. I don't need to be there. Here's the deal. I'm doing the hard work here. I'm presenting. Here's what I need for you to do. The day before it's due, just send me all the information. 
I'll get the presentation together. I'll stand up in front of the class. I will land us the A. You just leave it up to me. And so from that standpoint, like group projects were my thing. Like that was just, I love that part of it. But here's the part of the group project that I hated. One slacker on the team bombed it for everybody. If there was one person in your group that wasn't willing to do the work, then everybody suffered. And it it didn't even matter that if everybody did 110%, that if the one person in the group slacked off and didn't do their part, then it would bring down the grade of everyone else on the team. See, sitting on the sidelines as an individual part of the bigger body is not a victimless crime. Some people may think, ah, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't matter to anybody, it's my decision, it doesn't affect you. Here's what Paul says in Scripture, he says, Did you know that actually when people that are a part of the body, individuals, when they sit out, they not only hurt themselves, but they also hurt the team? Because you know what happens? The rest of the team has to work harder to make up for the guy that's slacking off. The rest of the team has to step it up and give more time and more resources and more energy and more efforts as they see other group members that claim to be part of the group sit on the sidelines and do nothing. Don't be that guy, right? Like, Don't be the guy that the rest of the followers of Jesus are looking at and saying, wow, they don't do anything. They're like, I'm carrying the load for everybody. Don't they know they're a part of the body? Don't they know that they have a purpose? Don't they know that they have a role? Don't they know that Jesus has called them here and equipped them and sent them there, that this wasn't an accident? Like This group member is sitting on the sidelines and it's affecting all of the other group members. And Paul says, just like that is in the body, it's the same thing in the church. So many people are working hard, working towards this mission and vision of helping more people fall in love with Jesus and say yes to Jesus and and, and love Jesus and take their next step with Jesus. But when someone that's a part of the body that God has placed here on purpose with skills, when they sit out, it hurts everybody. When they sit out, it actually slows down the advancement of the mission that God has called the local church to do. And so instead of getting in and using your gifts and your talents and understanding I'm an individual part of the body, so many people are saying, I'm useless, I'm not that important, I don't have a skill set, there's nothing that I can do, and nobody will miss me if I stand on the sidelines. See, if you don't fulfill your part, you're not only hurting yourself, but you're hurting the body. Sitting out doesn't just do you a disservice, but it holds the church back from reaching the full potential and realizing the scale of life change that God has actually called us to. So listen, if you're a guest here, if you're a first-time guest at Revo, here's what I'd like for you to do. I just want you to come back. Just come back and hang out with us a while. Just see what we're all about, but begin to pray. God, is this where you'd have me fit in? Is this where you would have me to connect? Is this where you would have me move from being a spiritual consumer to a spiritual contributor? Is this the group that you want me to be a part of? Is this the team that needs the skill set that I have? If you're here today and you've signed that membership covenant and you're all in and you are serving hard and loving Jesus in all aspects of your life and what you do as a part of the body, I just want to say thank you. We would not be where we are today as a church, as a body of Christ without you. We would not have what we have if it weren't for you as the individual saying, I realize that God has called me to be a part of something that is bigger than myself, and I'm ready to start working together. 
If you're here and, and you uh, maybe, maybe you've signed the membership covenant, maybe you've kind of been coming to Revo for a long time, maybe, maybe you call this your church home, and guys, if, if you're not connected, then I'd like, to, I'd like to ask you this. Did you know that Scripture says God has created you for a specific purpose at a specific time with great talents in order to accomplish his will through the setting of the local church. And I would beg you, if this is not the church for you, then go find the church. We will help you find the church for you because guess what? They need you. They're waiting on you. Like if God has you there, then that church needs your abilities, your talents, your callings, your gift set in order to help them accomplish the mission that God has called them to. But if this is where God has called you to, if this is your home, if this is where you're, you're a spiritual connector, then I want to encourage you, figure out what your individual part is and join the party. Get in moving forward together with the body. You are not a throwaway. You are not an accident. You are here for a reason during a time of great significance and importance. And what you bring to the table can ultimately change a lot of lives. So think about it. How can you fit into the body? How can you take your individual nature as a man or a woman and get connected with what God is trying to do? The body has many parts, but they all have one purpose, one design, one vision, one mission, one direction. Not simply to stand alone as these small individual parts, not just to be a lone ranger and try to accomplish only what the single red Lego can do, but we were made to connect. We were made to not only connect with God, but to connect with others so that we can accomplish the mission and the vision that God has called us to as the local church. You are a part of an incredible mission. Your involvement is strategic for seeing more lives reached in this city and for seeing a revolution of life change sparked through Jesus. It is time for you to fulfill your mission and your purpose in life and get connected to God and connect to the local body.